How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Catapulting Commissions family, welcome back to this episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Today's guest is near and dear to my heart. As you know, on the Catapulting Commission show, we look for sales, sales executives, sales entrepreneurs from around the world, but top tier people who are performing at a level typically unseen or a level we're striving to get to. Let me tell you about my guest today. Chris Ross has led corporations to award-winning and high-performing sales teams, as well as pioneered profitable business development programs for his own companies that are nationally accredited. Chris specializes in training international business executives, companies, and corporations on methods, techniques he has developed over the years on adopting both sides of the buyer-seller relationship. In his current state, Chris has contracted with 61 different companies and corporations around the world where he aligns his sales process that is producing massive results and radical transformation. Now, a little bit about Chris. He is also the CEO and founder of the TCR Consulting Agency, the industry's first and only nationally accredited program that provides students with the comfort of knowing his company is audited by regulatory agencies a few times a year. His company guarantees transparency and ethical practices. In February, he stepped down from the chief executive officer to move into a chairman position. He's hired a corporate staff to take over. And in beginning in January 2021, he is shifting to 100% trade school TCR Education Corporation known as Winject Inc. It's the new venture he's spearheading, teaching companies and corporations on his methodologies, aligning his sales process to increase sales numbers to astronomical transformation. Last but not least, he let's talk about this. He's on a top-ranked podcast show, The Win-Win Effect. Be sure to include that link in the bio. And overall, Chris is based in London, England. Stand-up dude. I couldn't be more excited to have Chris Ross on today's episode of Catapulting Commission. We are going to deliver a high value from someone who's doing it at levels others want to get to. Chris, welcome to the Catapulting Commission show. Man, I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I know that you know, our relationship over the past six months or so, I'll be having a lot more conversations about different ways on how we can support each other. So I'm really blessed to have you, you know, reach out to me and have me on your show. I serve your audience. Dude, I, I appreciate it, Chris. Honestly, dude, we, I've learned and being in this industry and, you know, quote unquote thought leaders or putting yourself out there and developing your content mm-hmm. and pushing it, you know, the world is, is told we're supposed to compete with each other, but people that, that are executing at the highest level collaborate with one another, dude. And that's Absolutely. really what I really, really what I dig with you. So one of the things that I've learned and I, my audience has to hear this because I want to deliver some high, high value right out the gate. Win, win effect podcast, Winject Inc. I've learned. And through our conversations, winning is something we discuss all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a really simple question and we'll just run with it. Are you the type of person who loves to win or hates to lose? I embrace the losing okay. more than enjoying, I guess you say winning as a whole in mentality. And here's the, the reason why, because you don't win or lose. You win or learn. You're just learning a different way of doing it. Okay. How can I 
make the proper adjustments or measuring reassessing to make an impact or hitting the outcome that I'm searching for. That mentality comes within. You have a quitting mentality or have a winning mentality. I don't quit because what you're doing with your brain, your, your conscious part of your brain, subconscious, you don't want to turn that into, okay, I'm going to stop right now. Maybe I'll take a break. Because when you take that break and you reach a certain level of success, guess who's going to catch you eventually? Competition. That's right. So when you believe, you don't believe in competition, you believe in community and that abundance mentality and believe, completely believe in abundance. And most people say, Anthony, hey, I believe in abundance, but I do, they do well and they just don't want them to beat their numbers. Well, that's not really believing in abundance. You have to completely, wholly inside your soul, believe in abundance. I want the best for everybody. If you put in the work and you are dedicated and you have that self-discipline and say, listen, I'm going to have this system. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to, here's what I need to accomplish, become 1% better tomorrow than I am today. And they're not really worried about all the, I guess, accolades and, you know, all the, the people out there, haters. I love haters because guess what they're going to do? They're going to hate and they're going to still hate and they're going to still go to their sometimes shitty jobs or shitty life. And you're going to still keep going back to that. So I really don't care about the winning part because that's just going to happen. That's just the outcome. Eventually, you know, by the time I'm I'm playing an infinite game, I'm not playing a finite game of winning. As long as I have the resources available, I'm going to continue to keep winning. And that all starts from here. Dude, I, I love what you're saying there, right? It's a it's a it's a never ending game. It's it's mm-hmm. so funny that you say that when it comes to winning. You know, I've I, I look at, you know, I many years ago and every now and then I'll I'll occasionally join a game, but I I played competitive high stakes poker for a long time and I used to just describe to people, it's just one long game. At the end of the day, it right? Is. It's it's one long game. Sometimes I win a lot, sometimes I lose a lot. At the end, it's just one long game. And I, you know, that probably gave me some mental fortitude in my early twenties to say, okay, in my professional career, it's just one long game at the end. Really. If at the end of the, at the end of the year, I just want to win one more time than I've lost it mm-hmm. and, and embrace all the challenges that come with it. But you said a mention, you just mentioned, how do you get 1% better every day? You know, you're looking to prove 1% better. Talk to us a little bit about your practices, right? You've, you've created this massive company. You're, you're respected throughout the sales community and sales leadership community. But you even said yourself, you're trying to get 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. So where does that come from and how does somebody identify their path to improve 1%? It changes for everybody. Think about this overall. A lot of people, they want to be successful. They want all the turn from rags to riches. You hear all these stories and people turning themselves into somebody, transforming themselves into another version of themselves. The way that I look at setting goals and me trying to overachieve and accomplish the things that I'm really setting out for myself, you know how you have these people that say, I set this goal. Well, you have a goal, but you have to have something to chase as well. And that's a target. So when I'm setting a goal, overall goal, that goal is going to continue to keep getting bigger and bigger because there's always a different level. Always a different level of success. You probably know this, obviously, the achievements that you've accomplished over the years. You probably would never imagine the opportunities that you have today, Anthony, the, 10 years ago. Never. Yeah, no, absolutely not. That's, I'm, I never thought I would be in London. Okay? I mean, I grew up on a dirt road. I'm on a, now on the 33rd floor in a penthouse, and over, it looks over 02 in London. Okay? How did that happen? Hard work. Yeah. You have to know what the hell you're doing. Hard work you got to be able to work, but it's not about you just working hard. You have to understand 
and make the proper adjustments in yourself. You can't just, hey, hey, I want to become 1% better each and every day. There's days, Anthony, I, don't, I wake up in the morning, I don't want to do it. But it's the hardest battle I win every freaking day is at 5 a.m. That's when all the self-doubt, all the, the naysayers are listening to, you know, inside of my own head. You got to get out your own head and just get out your own way and just win. You know, I go with mind, body, spirit. Talk a lot about this. Mind, body, spirit. I don't work out first thing in the morning, but I need to get myself into like a sweat or trying to transform myself into or putting myself into that type of frame of mind. Like my bedroom, I look at it as a sanctuary. I don't take my phone or any devices in my room because that's a distraction, is it not? It is a huge distraction. Huge distraction for people. We have a attention span of a freaking goldfish. <laughs> the first thing they do is they wake up in the morning, they touch their phone. What's in your phone, Anthony? Distractions. People's request wants from me. I mean, everybody wants something, but there's a certain amount of time. I need to give myself enough time to get myself ready to attack the day. So when I get myself dressed, you know, work out, whatever I'm doing, you walk out the room. When I'm walking out of my room, I'm walking into a 12-round fight. Like music going on in the back of my head, inside of my head, theme music. I'm, coming, I'm going to attack my day. And the first thing I'm doing is I already have my task from the night before written out to get to the outcome. There's certain days, we all know this, we're all entrepreneurs. Certain days I walk in the office, get punched right in the face. Well, I'm prepared to overcome that. Because I know exactly what I need to do. There's, it's, it's not really, a lot of people, they try to make it so complex and so, I mean, so complicated for themselves. It's not that difficult. Successful people or people that, you know, work hard every day and working smarter and making the proper adjustments and trying to achieve great things. It all starts with how they attack their day and their, their daily routines. And a lot of times, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. I mean, I, live, I literally live and die by that code. I got to become 1% better tomorrow than I am today. And I've done it now for the last seven to eight years. And it's transformed my life. Like transform my life. I like where you're saying that because as you describe it, you're really trying to attack small incremental improvements. Mm -hmm. yes. So as you're saying that, I picture the whiteboard. We all have the whiteboard. We have something. Here's what <laughs> I need to do, right? Yeah. So I have my whiteboard of things I need, I, things I need to accomplish. I have... I'm, 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 I'm a freak by nature to have post-it notes all over my office. I, I poor trees that I write post-it notes everywhere. And I, <laughs> and I sit and I look and I'm like, dude, I have, you know, here, as soon as I finish something, I pull them down, but there's days and I, I you know, I don't want to seem that I'm better than anyone else or that I'm perfect. There's days I fail. I fail hard. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I, you know, I get up early 7am teeth kicked in the face, things get frustrated or a task that was supposed to get accomplished doesn't get accomplished. And so it, it, it buries me and, and it's probably one of the biggest internal struggles I personally have when I have a, when I have a day that's going bad or I have a day that's failing, it's that mental fight, not to turn to two, not to turn to three. And yeah. so in, in your approach where, Hey man, I'm just going to try to get 1% better. I like that because I look at it for me, right? If you, if you were coaching me here, I'd be like, dude, well, okay. Today was a horrible day. I failed miserably. Oh. You know what, dude, tomorrow I'm just going to be 1% better than I was today. Right. Can't, can't worry about that I failed yesterday. Can't worry about what it was, what how awesome I was four days ago. I'm just going to get better. And if and if you're always approaching that from an analytical approach, looking back, saying today's the day I'm going to be 1% better than yesterday, you're always going into upward trajectory right. over the you just long haul. You just got to move that. You just got to move the needle. That's it. You just got to move like it just that. a little bit. Just show me progress. I didn't lose because I overall I, I became 1% better. 
if you focus on just that piece, you don't have to feel that feeling of a defeat that's that can ruin you overall. If you have having think about baseball, okay? So okay. baseball, huge baseball fan, huge baseball fan growing up. Wait, before we go, um, who's your team? Uh, the Braves. Yeah, so I know how we lose. Okay, <laughs> lose big games. <laughs> we lose big games. Okay. So, All right. Uh, the '90s. We owned the '90s, but it, we got to the. We owned the National League in the '90s, but we couldn't just get. We have one national championship or one uh, World Series. So awful. But baseball is a game of inches. So is sales. So is success, in my opinion, because people look at 162 season as a long season. Well. How many days are in a year? 365. So they have a saying that says, um, a, a ground ball with eyes. You get one little stinky pass, you know, you get to three hit batting 300. That's average, right? You get below 250, then you're not going to be in an all star game. But becoming 1% better in that dedication and self discipline it takes to be able to get that one extra base hit or that second two extra base hits a week. Those little small numbers add up over time consistently. And then those, and that's when you start seeing that compound effect of that 1% better every day. And a perfect example, like sales calls. So I'll get a lot of messages from a lot of salespeople saying, Hey, what would you, what advice would you give a younger salesperson to perfect what they're doing? Like, do you record your calls? No, I don't like to hear my voice. I don't like, it's weird. Well, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, you want to become great. It's the small details. That's the difference between good and great. Small details. So if I'm listening to a call, I'm listening for what's my tonality? Where am I going? Where's my direction? Why am I asking that question? Damn it, I keep pigeonholing myself. Why do I keep asking that question? I'm the guy that walks around the supermarket cursing at myself because I'm listening to myself from the previous. I still do it, Anthony. I'll do this when I'm, when I'm watching this and replaying this. I'll actually replay it and write out where I probably should have asked you a question. That's how much I care about what I do. And that's why I love what I do. And it shows and it people feel that they don't just hear it. So I, that's yeah, dedication piece that that there, right, is is what we look for. Right. In 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 hiring, recruiting, training, when I'm looking for a sales professional that that comes out to me and says, hey, I want to break into mm -hmm. six figure sales. I want to break into high performance sales. You know, my I always ask, I'm like, okay, well, what do you do to improve yourself? Like, what? Mm. And everyone has like the the very vanilla. I read books, do things. That's great. What do you do when no one's watching? And recording Thanks. your calls, that's that's huge, man. I, I think about recording your calls. I, I role play myself all the time. I I sit there before a big call, a big meeting. I mean, I role play it to the point where I'm hearing objections, concerns before they even come up. And if they don't come up, I've prepared from great. But I sit there and I role play. And I think the higher level of success you get, and then now this is, you know, let's say society's definition of success. You make a certain amount of income, you hit certain rankings, you do well in, in life. And as you as you grow in life, you're like, oh, I've arrived. I've gotten good. Yeah. Complacency is a cousin of mediocrity. It sucks. It kills yep. people. It pulls them out. And yesterday I was on a drive home. And I and I sat there and for myself, I, I'm always looking for ways for personal development. I popped in an audiobook, and I say popped in, there's no CDs on my phone. I pressed the audiobook, played the audiobook that I that I haven't listened to in a long time, just to mm -hmm. hear the messages again, just to refine that skill set. And as I sit there and I'm driving, I'm like, you know, when people work or want to work with like a, a sales consultant or want to work on and improve their craft, 
this is the right. things that we don't see. This is the things that we don't promote. Hey, dude, do, do I want to hear someone's and, you know, kudos. I mean, the book is phenomenal. The audio book, you know, the, the voice actor can right. be a little bit more entertaining, but I'm listening, trying to draw information out, utilizing that time. So when, where did that come from you? I mean, you have this approach where you're like, Hey man, I'm going to mm-hmm. approach my sales career. I'm going to approach my company as you know, this is my domain. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the freaking Michael Jordan in my industry or LeBron James or, or whoever it may be. Where did that come from from you? Because there's people mm-hmm. listening right now that want to get there. They just don't know how. You know, you just said that and something triggered and it kind of hit a, hit a nerve, hit a button with me. You know, you say, I want to be the Michael Jordan of sales or LeBron James of sales. I want to be the Chris Ross of sales. And I am. I believe 100% believe in being 100% authentic within myself. And that, okay, let me kind of back this up a little bit and backtrack. You know, like the old sales scripts and shit that you would get is sales techniques. I've studied every sales technique out there. What I'm doing is I'm just put, plugging in, poking holes on why it doesn't work. You've got people that have sold 30 years ago that cannot sell today in today's marketplace, and I'm proving it. The different eras of sales, we talk a lot about this. We're in an information phase in that era. That we live in a digital world with a stone age brain. Still it's the same brain, and people can access information just like yes. you access my bio. Went on the internet, you looked, read a little bit more about me, understanding where I come from, whatever. You already have the information. I no longer have to talk about that. But me becoming the Chris Ross of sales is because I want to not just make an impact with the people that I'm enrolling into programs or selling. I just do it in a different capacity. I'm still doing the same thing. I'm, I own corporations now, but I, but I call comes, it comes from sales. It all came from sales in a way that I would have a conversation with people and not sound like I'm reading off a piece of paper or script. It's, it has to be authentic. I mean, if I called you right now, Anthony, and, and we, if I didn't break through and got your attention, I mean, what are the chances of me going through and asking you questions? I mean, you're not going to be engaged on what I'm talking about. So if I can give any piece of advice to anyone out there listening to this, ask yourself one question, what can you do differently to really stand out? And it all comes from you taking a second and then looking at what your approach is. Some of you are just trying to read a script and it's okay if you like a script and you like some things that keep you on track, but there's a lot of things on that script that you're not going to be able to do and execute perfectly because you don't have enough emotional intelligence. So you're talking about reading books. If you want to read books about sales, I know this, you have a great book, right? It's not about just reading and consuming information because you can fall into a trap at about, you know, the talks about, about, I think it was Brad Lee talked about this. It talked about uh, success zombies. They keep going to these freaking, <laughs> all these events. They're trying to learn shit all day long, self-development, <laughs> but they keep going to all the other events. I don't go to them shits. I don't, I'm looking for explicit knowledge. I'm taking that knowledge, that, that catapulting commissions book. I'll l- read that book and I'll pick out three pages from that book and read it over a hundred times. And how can I implement that within my system? Well, that doesn't work. Okay, great. I'll debunk that, move it out, make the proper adjustment. Okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to implement this within my sales process. If that makes an impact, great. We'll keep that. Maybe we'll tweak it. That's how much you have to put into your approach, your game. I approach every call differently. Every call. It all sounds sounds different because I'm talking to different individuals. We're all special, unique creatures. Are we not? We're different. All of us are different, different backgrounds, different. 100%. We grew up in different cultures. We have different stories tied into an emotion. I have to, I talked a lot about this with 
re the, just the two skills that people really need to develop to become great in sales and make an impact, learn how to anchor and frame. If you are learning how to re-anchor and reframing, it's a cycle mm. because every emotion or situation, okay? So if you have an emotion, people have something, if I said a relationship with money, that's going to hit a nerve with people. It could be positive, it could be negative. If it's negative, I need to re-anchor that emotion with a different story. So I'm going to change the narrative and changing the perspective, doing it by reframing it and having them looking through a different lens. That's all I do all day long is reframe and then I drop anchors and keep. And so just like uh, when you go to Vegas, you have like the weight of this glass. If you're trying to get the beer off or whatever it is, you need to put something there to hold that weight. That's what re-anchoring is an emotion. So I'm going to pull right. that negative piece off and give you something positive, a different way of looking at it. And now we're good. I hope that makes more sense. I know sometimes when I describe that to people that as I sound like freaking, no, I, I think sound like may- I'm crazy. I'm nuts but it's 100% true. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. Well, first of all, kudos to you because you did say whatever you can do, and I wrote this down, what can you do differently to stand out? And out of everything I've, I mean, I've, I've been in personal development and consuming and learning 20 plus years, anchor reframe, one of the very first times I've ever heard of that. So kudos to you, but it does make sense because it, it, it really is. It's to me, as you say, anchor reframe, it's not a hard pivot to abandon. It's a pivot yes. with the, the idea of, I still want to move forward. So how can, how can I make a quick pivot and continue to move forward? Where adjustments can I make? And, you know, if you, if we tie that back into a sales professional, we think about sales professionals going into their sales call, going to deliver value, right? A real estate agent having, having a listing, big listing, or, or you're going into a huge, mm-hmm. huge contract appointment trying to sell something. That anchor reframing approach, anchor pivot move forward, yes. that only comes off when it's authentic and unscripted. Because if you follow the script and we've all, and, and we've all done it, right? I've, I mean, I grew up learning how to sell right. from a script nearly 20 years ago. I don't do that anymore. And, and if I have high ticket meetings for me personally, you know, my, my simple strategy, I have little, little bullet points of information I need to extract. And that's typically what I have written on my notes, my portfolio, my computer, wherever mm-hmm. I'm meeting with somebody, that's more for me. It's not a script. It's just, Hey, don't let, don't get it. Don't get emotionally invested. Don't lose yourself. But Anchor reframing only works when you're authentically listening to somebody and you're trying to, you're trying to achieve the objective of the sales call, whether it is to get to the next appointment, whether it is to, to close a contract, whether it is to get someone to give you their credit card or, or you choose you as a realtor, whatever the situation is, anchor reframe. Now, when you, when you take this approach and and anchor Mm -hmm. reframe and you go back and you analyze it, how many times do you make a mistake in anchor reframing? Uh, all the time. I, I listen. Boom. That's that's I what I'm looking for. I have yet to perfect my approach, and yet to re, to perfect the way to anchor and reframe. 
because it's impossible, but I keep getting better every time. Talking about a situation, like a situation, just whatever situation. I have not yet, I have not, no, I mean, I don't want to write, but knock on wood, right? I haven't heard, I think I've heard every potential objection, everyone from every person, every walk of life as we speak. And there's not, hasn't been one I haven't been able to overcome because I, I deal with those way up front. I head them off and that's how I, I anchor and reframe. I, I just all, the whole process is I'm going through, I'm just re, I'm reframing the way that they're looking at a situation. So we're on a call right now. So if I moved my, the way that I'm looking right now in the box, that box and moved it, you would be looking at the O2 right now. But sometimes it's just a different way of looking at life. So, so say for instance, if you have working with someone that sees the value, has sees a value proposition, went through the steps, went through the process, and they're going to make a buying decision, I already covered how they, the decision-making process way before they have to get to a buying decision. There's no buying decision. People ask me, and you probably hear all, all the people in the world right now are probably going to be listening in. Here's my pitch. You want to hear my pitch? There's no pitch. Yeah. <laughs> There's no pitch. I don't ever try to pitch some. If you have to pitch someone, you're losing. You're going to lose. This is how you, this is how you completely eliminate buyer remorse. There's zero buyer remorse. I don't sell in a high state, sell a low state. We're all neutral. We're going to make a decision together. It's a lot of mutual, mutual agreements are going to lead to that buying decision. But you're going to usually ask me, Chris, do I qualify? Can I buy this? Because you no longer have the, I guess, authority to buy what I'm selling at the beginning, I take it away from you. The people that I recommend for this program, product or service, are the ones that I select. And here's what I'm looking for. So here's my standards and I get them to go to my standards. I don't ever lower them and compromise that. Does that, I mean, I know that a lot of people do different approaches, but I take away right from the beginning. So you know what's really funny, right? There's so many fundamentals as you're saying this, and, and, I, and I've heard you mention that before. and. And when you first mentioned, it, I'm like, man, that sounds so familiar. And I, and I understand mm -hmm. it. Scarcity. When you take that ability away and you make it, you know, now yes. it's no longer you making the decision. It's me making the decision. Mm -hmm. I naturally want it more. Right. It, do, it doesn't matter what the what the product or service we're selling. The moment it's not my decision as the buyer to say, hey, I want this. It's your um your decision as as the vendor or the seller to to say, hey, I'm gonna recommend this for you. This is what you should. This is yours. Uh, it, that scarcity approach is one of the key fundamentals in influencing people to make a decision. And the way you frame it now is relative for 2020. And 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 that is, yes. you know, you you mentioned it, digital age, stone age, brain. You know, there's there's sales. We'll just call them gurus in quotations that will sit and, and run methodologies and, and tactics and approaches that have been around for 30, 40, 50 years that aren't adapting to the modern day consumer, the modern day buyer. And I like how you take that approach. Now, when you when you eliminate that, are you how I mean Please. we can we're, I want to pick your brain on your sales process methodology here in a second, but but how do you set that up for somebody? Because as I hear that. I'm hearing the I'm hearing the beautiful result. I'm hearing the, the part that looks good. I take it away from you. But where does that process start? Where do you take away that power from the consumer? First interaction. Even the marketing, the way that they're going to market it, okay. the marketing team. It's when I'm going in and I'm aligning that process. I'm aligning that methodology within the whole company and the way that they approach customers. I mean, a lot of people try to say that they're customer centric, but they're really not. 
<laughs> I'm customer centric. I'm going to focus on what's in the best interest of that person going into that barrier of entry. Is there a barrier? How many barriers of you know, you issues do you have within that corporation? I mean, that's a huge issue for me. So I need to attack them the, the way that they're marketing as well. Some of the copy that they're putting on their websites, you can request the information. You don't get information. That's a, this sense of entitlement. Can I say a bad Please. word? <laughs> <laughs> the sense of entitlement for motherfuckers drive me nuts. Okay. Let's be real. They, they always want like, oh, the, the company said that I was going to get a T-shirt if I came to this class. Well, well who gives a shit? You're, you don't entitle to anything in this world. It drives me insane. That's like one thing that my biggest pet peeve is an entitlement. It drives me nuts. So when I'm trying to align in marketing, I'm look, you can request information for a free consultation with one of my sales reps or one of the processes to start the enrollment process if you qualify, for those who qualify. Just that saying, that little piece of it in, for those who qualify. That lets them know that they're going to walking into that first meeting and they need to impress someone. I hope that makes sense. So you're completely taking it. They already know approaching that meeting. There's zero judgment, zero issues. They're, you know, they're going to go on that call. They're going to, need to fill out a background assessment. So the rep knows a little bit more in depth about them. So they're coming to learn. They're coming to you know, put their Sunday school <laughs> Sunday best on and they want to impress my reps. So they're getting there and they're approaching that differently. You see how that changes the dynamic of that first call. Right, right out the that gate. First yeah, absolutely. Right out the gate. They're like, who is this company? Who, who built this process? Or, or, what this company must be legit. I mean, man, this is, this is why that I built the corporations that I have because I'm doing it com- with the student in mind at all times. How can I increase the overall experience of that customer and turning them into a lifelong client? This is how it's done. Is that you make it a part of the process of a recommendation process. Like if for those who qualify, for those of people that I do bring on within and we do start the coaching process, let's make it, make it easier for the listeners to say it's a coaching business. Okay. The people that I work with and are the ones that really want to show me effort and you're showing me effort. That's a no talent required (laughs) thing for you, right? Effort, effort. So if you're showing me effort through some of the assignments that I give you, showing up on calls on time, doing the extra work when, you know, putting, putting out your assignments, bringing up maybe some suggestions that you would like to change within the process to make it more easier for you to maximize your ability or maximize your process with this and results later if you get recommended. Great. And the next thing I look for is if you have the right attitude. You can't buy an attitude, can you? No, not at all. If you have a right attitude and you're approaching things with an optimistic, going looking at life through an optimistic lens, we're going to focus on how can we get around that problem and turning it into a, having this right solution. You can't have a program or product or service or good in mind that isn't adaptable. It needs to be, you need to be able to mold that into that person. It's not a one size fits all solution for most people. You need to be able to make the proper adjustments. So that's why I'm saying the people that we look for the people that we look for to enroll into a program, we say coaching program, we're looking for the right attributes from them. I mean, you're saying that it's so funny. I go back to high school football and I remember my high school football coach saying there's two things you can control, attitude and effort. And in you, we take that approach, same thing in business. When you take that decision out, as you're saying that apply for this program, you know, you're, you're essentially, you know, it's an audition for lack of better. It's an audition to work with you. 
And I think about that is uh, if I wanted to, let's go say, say I wanted to improve my, my basketball skills, which I'm not good, but I wanted to work with LeBron James and say LeBron James just retired and LeBron James could work with me or work with the number one high school prospect that's coming out. That's probably going to go to the NBA. Like I, you have to apply and prove your work to even be in that conversation. And so when you run your business in that capacity, that, that it's, I want to work with people on my terms and you create that scarcity approach and, and you take that decision. It's no longer your decision. It's really my decision. I, I like that, man. Yes. I think about my own, my, my own consulting approach and my own clients that I work with. It's, it's funny. I, I've shared this with a lot of people where I've, you know, Anthony, your coaching clients or Anthony or, or your consulting, you know, where, where are you trying to scale to or what, what's your approach? And I always tell people, I'm like, look, I, I turn coaching clients down or I refer them out. Not, and not, not everyone, because there are times where I, you know, I do accept and bring people on, but I do turn people down and say, Hey, this might not be the right fit or let me redirect you because some of the attributes mentioned out the gate, attitude, effort, there's, you know, I don't want to babysit somebody. I want to work with a certain type of person. Yeah, we don't want to, I want to put out, I want to, I want to work with people that are serious and they want to, they mesh well with my core values. I don't want to work with people that feel like they, they, I don't know. They have a set sense of entitlement. I mean, I would just much rather send them to somebody else on the team. Like I don't really, if you're not going to, you're not going to be in sync with me. And I feel like I don't, I know I can, I can help. I believe that I've developed enough value over the years and I'm not trying to sound pompous, but I can help anyone accomplish anything they want to accomplish because it all starts here. Right. But I don't want that to come across in a bad way because that makes me a lot more selective of the people that I want to work with and align myself with. You don't realize how much that you, everyone goes in office. If some of you are in the office right now, listening to this, I appreciate you. And you look at the next person next to you. Would you really want to go and have a burger with that person and hang out with them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, like if you don't, if you said, no, I don't want to, everybody wants to enjoy Working with people, like there's a, so many people out there, there's enough customers out there that I can, you know, pretty much be selective with and getting the right ones around me that I'm going to enjoy what I do. A lot of people, they're not going to mesh with, with, I guess, me being aggressive. I'm very aggressive when it comes to business, very aggressive, because I, that's the approach that I need to take in business. That's, that's, I, I don't do things. It's either, there's two different um, levels, right? You got off and on for me there's not <laughs> off in the one or two or three or dials there's off and on there's no light it's every, no days off so that light switch is always on you got a piece of duct tape on that light switch move because when my foot hits the ground in the morning morning i'm moving anthony i ain't got no time for it man i mean if you're not about a, if you're not with me you're against me at that point either you're going to time's the only non-renewable resource in life we're never no one's getting out alive no one is getting out alive. And once you come to understand that you're going to kick the bucket one day, you're going to start being a little bit more attention to how you spend your time or invest your time. And I hope that makes sense because it goes, and that's why I'm trying to share that piece with you because and your listeners to understand it's not about just me being selective and me trying to make money. I'm trying to make sure that I'm going to conserve my time to do the things that I enjoy doing, but it just so happens that I enjoy business more. I enjoy anything else in the world. So that's what I do all day. Dude, that, that approach, that, that mental approach is so key. It's so fundamental. I mean, it's one of the things that, that I preach in the whole catapulting commissions, uh, 
uh, mentality of achieving goals. I always say, you know, the mental, we've, you've mentioned a couple of times, you have to have a mental approach dialed down first long before a tactical strategy is implemented. And, you know, you, you have to give yourself permission to be great in order to be great. And that has to happen by yes. the, the hardcore beliefs that you have, your core values, creating that environment for success and changing that. So I, I definitely dig that, man. I think that that approach is phenomenal attitude effort working with you having those having that decision belonging to you so i'm gonna take a moment here catapult to commissions family i 100 hopefully you're enjoying some value today with chris ross be sure to click subscribe if you're watching the youtube video click subscribe on the youtube video if you're on uh pod um, itunes spotify any of the podcast players be sure to click subscribe to get notified today with chris ross we definitely dialed in what makes him have a winning mentality, getting 1% better each and every day. He talked about having the most challenging battle at 5 a.m. and his authentic approach of selling and converting clients and having a modern age approach with realistically some stone age practices that are still being preached out. And Chris and his company are definitely smashing that. So I'm gonna take this as an opportunity. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to click in for our episode next week because we're going to dive in with Chris. We're going to talk about his sales process and methodology. What has taken companies to transform to results that were once, for lack of better words, unachievable. So be sure to click subscribe and I'll get with you guys on the next one. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at AnthonyPGarcia99 and includes the hashtag catapulting commissions. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions.